Hi, welcome to the Sweet Slumber Podcast, the good, the bad, and the sleep deprived. I am your host, Meredith Bruff. I'm a wife, a mother of five, a childcare expert, and a sleep coach. I'm here to teach you the most effective sleep advice for infants and young children. With my guidance, sleep will become something that you look forward to again, and you will feel rested. I believe that motherhood is the most important and demanding role that we have, but the challenges and accomplishments that go along with it go unnoticed frequently. We are going to talk openly about these things so that we can draw strength and compassion from each other. I will share my perspective as a seasoned mother and help you experience more fulfillment. Hi, it's Meredith Bruff, your host from the Sweet Slumber podcast, the good, the bad, and the sleep deprived. Today, we are doing episode number three, and this one is about the 10 keys to building successful sleep habits. These are principles that I teach in my sleep group and to my clients. We're not quite at the place where I can say, these things are going to help your child sleep better. Um, Follow these steps. This is more about the principles to follow. And it, it is active steps that you will take. It's just that um, I have a different approach than other people. And I really want you to understand that. It's like building your foundation right now. So let's talk about some things that matter. There will be a few subjects to cover before I get to the actual principles. So first, I want to talk to you about the way that you approach this new project. So if you are thinking a lot about how you've tried everything, it's been really stressful. It's already giving you some types of triggers, Um, you know, like walking to the bedroom to start nap time, you're starting to feel tense. Um, Thinking about bedtime or nighttime makes you just absolutely dread what's coming and, and just want to cry yourself to sleep. Okay. It can be really bad. It can be really, really hard. So I want to help you combat that. Okay. So what you got to do is start paying attention to your thoughts, start paying attention to what's going on inside you before those things come. Um, It could be even worse. It could be that you just feel a lot of resentment and frustration towards your child. And so we really want to start to, to think about what we can do to feel more peaceful so that our child feels that as well. The mood that you give off will be sensed by everyone around you, especially a baby. Babies are so sensitive and they're so in tune to us that honestly, it really does affect them. Um, All the tension, stress, and anxiety that you feel, they actually respond to and they will copy that behavior. And so it's not going to help you when you want to teach sleep habits. So what you're going to do, like I said, is think about how you're feeling. Think about those thoughts that are coming and let's replace them with affirmations. I love affirmations. They're so powerful. So um, you want to use I am statements. You want to speak in the present. You want to make sure it's believable. If you go from my child is a terrible sleeper to, you know, that's the reality of things to now my child sleeps awesome. (laughs) It might not be something that to even believe in your heart or accept is possible, especially if you're going through all of this anxiety and stress. So let's make it more about changing how you feel in baby steps, such as I am the best mom for my child. I am a source of love and peace for my child. I feel at peace 
right now. <laughs> you have to get there somehow, huh? I, um, I'm helping my child learn to sleep well. My child is responding well. Okay. So just look at those things that you're trying to do, those things that bother you and try to flip them into something good and positive and really focus on beautiful things about motherhood, the beautiful relationship between your and your child, the feelings that you give your child, that feeling of security and peace. And that will just help you feel more positive and good about what you're doing. Okay. But definitely as you start to build sleep habits and you start to see progress use some of those more powerful statements about how your kid's an awesome sleeper and how they can put themselves to sleep and things are going great and you're feeling great absolutely powerful statements it will help you change it will help you feel good it will help your child feel good so it's so worth it so let's talk a little bit more about things you can do to be good to yourself because that is going to be just the same thing you're going to feel more positive. You have that good energy and just doing a little bit more for yourself than you are now is going to feel terrific. It's empowering. So how can you do self-care in little tiny steps? <laughs> that can be hard, right? When you barely brush your teeth or shower or brush your hair, how can you possibly think about self-care? Well, maybe when you're holding your baby and you might have to do this with your eyes open, <laughs> because we fall asleep easily, right? While you're holding your baby and you're feeding your baby, just take long, slow, deep breaths. You can do that for a minute or two or three or four or five. As long as you can do it, the better, because it's going to give you just like a cleansing effect. It's going to help you relax and release tension. And so the best way to do this would be to really focus on your breathing and you could focus on a word like inhaling and exhaling and thinking the word peace and you can focus on taking really long slow breaths and how your body feels and that will just really be that cleansing soothing effect okay so that's that's my favorite way of doing some self-care for you um other little things that you could do would be to floss <laughs> Take your time in the shower if someone else is there for you to do that. Um, just spend a few minutes by yourself whenever you can, you can, whenever that's possible. Read your favorite article. Read a five, minute, five minutes in your favorite book. Listen to your favorite podcast for five minutes. Anything that just feels like you're pampering yourself, even if it's just for a short time, okay? Just do some of those things. See what you can figure out. It's actually something that I, I have my clients work on in one of my programs. So another thing you can do to be good to yourself is to take breaks. And we're going to talk about that again in a little bit, but that might mean asking someone for help. And it might mean that you just find a way to kind of like break free from the routine and all the stuff that you're doing. And then the last one on my list is being flexible. And this one is more specific to what parents need to change. <laughs> when we become parents, we lose control. We do. We lose control of ourselves, of our lives, of our time, of normalcy and predictability. We lose control of sleep. We lose control of having time for ourselves. So what matters is being real. So an example of when you should be flexible as a parent is when it's about time to leave the house, does everything fall apart? Does, do things go perfectly for you? Because you don't need help here then. But for me, 
Every time I was going to leave, no matter how early I started, my baby would have a blowout, would get fussy, something would happen. And it was so stressful. So I had to learn to start really early and just tell myself things are not going to go well. We're leaving the house. On one hand, you could maybe tell yourself I'm not going to be on time. But like I said, you could also start way earlier than you need to and hope that things do work out. And when you do get somewhere on time, feel so good about it. <laughs> um, so this is just really helpful. Okay. Don't expect perfection out of yourself or others or your baby. It's just not realistic. You're human beings. So we're going to talk about a bunch of principles like that that are helpful for you. Kind of relieve some anxiety and help you tackle this without all the pressure and the stress okay so remember about not expecting perfection staying positive be don't be hard on yourself try to think positively instead of think telling yourself you're a failure you don't do anything right and it's all your fault okay don't don't think those things it's not good for you um and also when it comes to this change we are going to take things in baby steps and that's important because whenever you are trying to build a permanent change into your life, like a diet or running a race or going to school, you break that down into little steps and you tackle it one little thing at a time. And that's the way I tackle sleep habits, okay? Little changes equal big results. So before we start to talk about more of the principles, let's talk about timing, okay? Um, we've talked before in some of my other podcast episodes about mental leaps and sleep disruptions. These things are happening always. So I work with kids no matter what's going on because there's just always something. From the time children are three months old all the way till 12 months, there's a leap every month and they could last for four to six weeks. And then after that, it spreads out just a little bit and the next year it spreads out a little bit more, but they're always going on. And then you throw in teething and physical milestones, separation anxiety period, growth spurts. There's just always something going on, okay? So I just want to give you some parameters around when it's okay to teach your child sleep habits or how to do it um, so that it works even though those things are going on. So what you need in my book is to try and focus on building sleep habits during the day, naps, mm -hmm. bedtime, work on your routines and build independence and work with your child when they're cooperative, when they're in good moods. So if your child is screaming or crying when you put them in the crib, probably not a good time <laughs> to, to do these things, okay? If your child is fairly predictable and um, chill and cooperative, and that's only at nap time, then just work on nap time. If it's at bedtime, only at bedtime, totally fine. Ideally, you would choose a period of time when your child is in just one of those periods, like just one, uh, just a leap or just teething. Sometimes when you have both going on at the same time is when things are worse, when they won't let you put them down. And when your child is like that, they're telling you that they need something emotionally. They won't let you put them down. They want to sleep in your arms just because it's just so hard for them to relax when they are tired. They need more emotional support. Okay. I keep doing that with my hands. Sorry about that. Um, so the 10 keys to successful sleep or building successful sleep habits. This is something that I teach in my successful sleep group and to my clients. And I want to share them with you because like I said, my approach is so different and it works really well. Okay. So the first thing to look at is consistency. And that is not what you're thinking right now. <laughs> in sleep groups, I see this all the time. 
you have to be a thousand percent consistent. You have to be a thousand percent consistent. And they're talking about starting a new method, you know, whether that's cry it out or time checks and following the plan, sticking with it. Don't quit. Don't give in. Don't give up. Well, I don't believe that's right because that's like telling parents to shut off their intuition, to shut off their feeling of being in tune to their child. It's basically like saying, you know what? Ignore your child, pretend they're not even there and just follow the rules. <laughs> well, number one, that's not always safe. We don't want to do that. Sometimes a child is actually in distress and something's going on. So we don't want to ignore them. Um, you know, when a child's crying in the middle of the night, at some point you got to check on them because there could be a messy diaper. There could be a problem. And we want to make sure that we don't have regrets. So we respond to those things. And I'm not talking about being super anxious about anything that could go wrong. That's not what I'm trying to say. But at some point you check on your child. Okay. So when I say consistency, I went off on a tangent. Sorry about that. I mean, when you implement a method, stick with it. Don't change something every day. Don't change something every two days. People tell me that all the time, that they try something for a day or two and it's working and then they quit, or they try something for a week and then they quit. That's okay in some cases, but there's probably a reason, and I'll tell you about those in just a minute. Um, but if we just change what we're doing all the time, then it's confusing and it's not powerful. It doesn't really bring change. Um, some moms try a new idea for just a day and it doesn't bring fruits. And so they quit. I also see moms try something for a day and they think it's this magic fix and then they keep doing it forever um, when it might just be a coincidence. <laughs> something else stopped, something else changed, but don't worry about that. So if your child was not used to white noise and you decided to tr give it a try at, with a one-year-old, they would not be used to this new thing and it would possibly be disruptive and not necessarily helpful. But you know, I've had this happen before with a client. Um, if you were to consistently leave this on during all of naps and, and nighttime, your child will get used to it and then the effect would be there. So we don't want to just try something for a day and say, oh, that didn't help and quit because sometimes kids need to acclimate and sometimes they need to get used to something for it to work. Um, studies actually show that white noise helps children sleep for longer periods, um, longer naps and longer night times. So it's something that we want to try. So follow the things that matter consistently. You can be flexible in some areas and we'll talk about those. So the next rule is being persistent. So we kind of already talked about this, but babies don't naturally go with the flow. <laughs> some of them do. Um, a lot of them don't, and a lot of them don't like change. And so when they realize that there's a new element not, that's not going to go away, they get resistant, they get upset. But if we keep going for more than a couple of days, then they start to cooperate. And this is really normal. This happens with older children. I've worked in the schools. I've actually had people that work with animals tell me that animals are the same way as well. So when a new approach is introduced in school, a new method, a new routine. At first, the child might be okay with it. And then on the second, third, or fourth day, they're like, nah, I don't like this. And then they just start to have behavior problems. So expect your child to be fussy or ornery at some point, or to cry or protest and be pretty non-compliant on one of those days, second, third, or fourth. It could even be just not a big deal at all, if your child is like that, I'm not telling you to just push through it because I'm not like that. 
I'm just saying expect something to go off and you'll probably have to back off and relax, but just keep doing it in a small way. Okay. <laughs> really, really short method, not overhauling things, not pushing them. It's just continue to do it. Um, that way your child will relax and become cooperative. If your child doesn't, it could be the wrong approach. It could be the wrong thing for his temperament or for you. It could be too stressful and it could be the wrong time. So remember that about leaps and teething. They're more ornery and fussy. So the next principle kind of leads right into that. And it's um, about making subtle changes. So to avoid pushback or stress, to trick little ones into letting things change without them picking up on it, make subtle changes every two to three days, one or two days two or three, anywhere in there. Always push forward when your child is actually cooperative and do it in baby steps. This will eliminate stress and it will bring you some momentum. There are many ways that subtle change can be applied. And people in my program here, subtle change all the time. It becomes a common theme, but it just works so well. I love it. So here's an example. Um, so say you're teaching your child an independent sleep method, and this is new to your kid. So you could like really adaptable, easygoing, predictable kids. You can maybe do a new sleep method for 10 or 15 minutes and have it go fairly well. But I still want you to have a limit because this is new and it could stress your kid out. So only do it for that long for 10 or 15 minutes and then help your child go to sleep the old way. If your child is fairly sensitive and has a pattern of getting fussy when they're tired, only do the method for five minutes. Do that for a couple of days and then. The next day, add on only one minute or two, and the next day the same, or you can even spread that out every couple of days. For the more adaptable, easygoing babies, we can push them harder. So we can do it for 10 or 15 minutes at first, stay there for a couple of days, add on five minutes after another day or two, another five minutes, okay? So you're going to continue to do that method. You're just not going to overdo it. You're not going to push so hard. And then you're going to go back to what the child's used to, which would be possibly feeding to sleep or something, okay? So this way your child doesn't get stressed. We help them get used to what's going on. They adjust, they relax, we push them a little bit more. We don't overdo it. And then you don't have to start over. It's fabulous. During leaps and teething, my clients will often try something for just a few days and it's going well. And then all of a sudden, Baby's insisting on being held until he is asleep. It's, it's very discouraging and it's stressful, but it happens a lot. So like I said, if your child is insisting that they be held while they sleep, it's because they just feel so safe and at peace in your arms and something's going on. It's something that's making them feel uncomfortable or in pain or overstimulated. And they just feel so much safer in your arms. And that just makes me feel like it's right. If I was trying to fall asleep and I didn't feel at peace or calm, I don't think I could. So it really makes sense. And it makes sense that we see that behavior when they're tired. So in those cases, my clients will respond, giving the child what they want, because they very clearly are communicating what they want. And they go back to, you know, it could be just going back to what's normal. It could be that we're not doing the method at all. And that's okay for some babies. For other babies, you might be able to do that method still for one or two minutes. And then go back to what's comfortable and normal to them. That way you kind of maintain what you've already been doing. It doesn't go away. It's part of the routine. It's just a lot shorter. Okay. So the next principle, number four, <laughs> kind of scares people a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to scare you. I don't want you to think about this in a negative way. I'll tell you why. 
Remember that babies and toddlers learn new habits in only three or four days. Now this is gonna turn out to be a positive thing for us, but I just want you to realize that it could also mean um, that your child is gonna learn a new behavior in a really short time. And so we wanna be super cautious. After working with hundreds of babies, I don't really worry about repeating something when a child is in need, like having to go back to nursing sleep or go back to rocking to sleep or having to co-sleep. Those things don't really bother me because I've seen kids with strong sleep habits do that during those periods, those sleep disruptions, and then go back to their good habits afterward. And it does help to have someone tell you how to do that, but some kids just do it on their own. So I'm not really sensitive or worried about those habits developing, even though you guys are, because everyone around you is saying, don't go back, don't mess things up. You're following your heart. You're doing what your child needs. That's intuition. And there's nothing better. There's no better approach. So just try to let go and relax about those things. The things to be careful about are when you have to do something that's not safe, like sleeping in a couch or a chair with your child. Um, or the child sleeping on you. That's a really tough one. I don't necessarily have an answer for how to get a child not to sleep on you. My, I'll help my clients go through all sorts of ideas how to get their child to lay down. Um, but there are safe ways to co-sleep. So please Google those and see if you can figure out a safe way to co-sleep so that it's just a better situation and less stressful. Um, and newborns can be like this a lot, where they just want to be held. So thank goodness for slings and wraps, right? Otherwise, you would never function. And a lot of times, babies are like that in just the first few months. But sometimes it lasts into forever, I was going to say the whole year, because it's part of their temperament. So there are things to, um, to try. Try to be consistent laying down your child. But if it doesn't work, just understand it's probably temperament. And they just need to be held more, especially during those tough times. Your child needs need needs need to be met. <laughs> your child's needs should be met. That is first and foremost. Make that your priority. So don't worry about all these habits and all these scary things. Um, you're not always going to be happy with what you have to do or what your child needs. So don't worry about creating habits during these times. Just do what you can. Um, oh, and like I said, this is a positive thing. So creating habits in three or four days, not just avoiding them, right? Creating habits in three or four days is awesome. So say you're teaching your child how to fall asleep in the crib. Um, what if your child hates the crib? Well, you're going to have to work really hard to make them happy in there, right? So you might have to do a lot like shushing, shaking the crib lightly, um, patting, rubbing, singing, talking, all of those things. Well, if you have to do all of those things, I would just focus on not doing them always. So after two or three days, three or four days, whatever, take away an element. It's so exciting that your child's in the crib. Like don't stress about all this other stuff yet. If you can get your child in the crib for a few days and you're working on a method or they're falling asleep in there with all that help, just take away the rubbing maybe pat a little slower. You can even tackle that habit a little at a time, like slowing down or patting intermittently. There are things you can do to help your child not be so reliant on you. So take advantage of that rule of the three or four day thing. Um, let's see what else. So what's good about that is that your child isn't really noticing the change. It's more subtle. And so they don't resist it. 
um, and they're not being pushed too hard, so they don't fight back. You're basically working with your baby. And so most of the time, babies are going to respond well to this. Remember, if your baby is very resist resistant or you're not creative enough to come up with all the ideas, which I come up with because I've been doing this for a while and have all sorts of cases come to me one at a time and I get to be creative, I'm here for you. So please know that you can reach out and you can work with me, okay? I can help you out of co-sleeping out of necessity. I can help you with children who just won't fall asleep in their cribs. Number five, when things don't go well, don't give up. You have the power to make changes if you're patient, understanding, and determined. Keep going. Realize it's normal to have ups and downs with little people. They're the most unpredictable of all human beings. <laughs> little babies and little people are super unpredictable, and life is just going to be up and down. So remember that what you're doing right now is your plateau. You're just on this even line. This is what we're doing. We're not going backwards. This is what we're doing. But when you introduce a method, that line goes up just a little bit. You maybe only do it for a few minutes and then you plateau because you go back to what's normal. Next time you do it, you do it for longer, you're going up. You want to see that line just gradually go up. It's exciting. Okay. Don't ever feel like you're going backwards when you go back to a habit that's been normal. Okay. You're going to slowly phase out normal and you're going to phase in the new normal. And an example of that, of that would be feeding to sleep, replaced by falling asleep in the crib. If you try something new, give it six or seven days before changing it, unless it's something that just feels wrong. You can stop something like that the first or second time. If it doesn't feel wrong for you and your child, then figure out ways to accommodate your baby. For example, don't worry about independence first. Worry about getting your child to sleep in the crib. Teach independence later. Another example would be if your child has FOMO and certain things set them off, like walking into the room, putting on that sleep sack, they're screaming. Okay, well then put on the sleep sack while they're playing earlier in the evening or don't put it on them. It's not going to be the end of the world if your child falls asleep in their clothes, I promise. <laughs> but once you're doing that method and it's becoming normal, you might want to add in those elements again. It doesn't matter too much. But just know that any accommodations you make, those are actually cues to the brain that it's time to go to sleep. So they're good. They're good things. And they help babies uh, fall asleep faster. So you do the same things in the same order. So number five, yes, we're only on number five. <laughs> Don't worry, the next ones are shorter. Babies become secure when their needs are met. So we want to always be responsive. We always want to respond to their cries. We always want to figure out what it is they're communicating and what they need because it's the only way they can communicate using their little bodies and their little voices. So what that does, responding teaches them to be happier, stronger emotionally for the rest of their lives. It helps them have healthy relationships and attachments. Those are so important for children who thrive. So chances are you've already been working on this without even realizing it. You are meeting your child's needs and your child is thriving. Your child is becoming strong. But what I like to do is help families go to the next level of teaching their child to feel secure on their own because this is a gift. This is a gift of peace and confidence. It helps your child feel safe when you're not there, if you can teach them that. Um, and that might mean that it affects their sleep in positive ways. And I shouldn't have said might because absolutely feeling secure and peace when they're by themselves is going to help them sleep better. 
being responsive to babies and toddlers needs teaches them to relax and not feel concerned about getting what they need but not all babies or toddlers are going to be that way some of them won't relax because <laughs> just who they are to be really intense as the months go on though they will learn that you're there for them and they don't have to worry their world will feel secure when you're there but when you aren't there they don't know what to do to feel safe except for to call you so that's why we want to work on this ability. If they're ever going to learn to connect sleep cycles in the middle of the night or the middle of, of a nap, they need to learn that number one, mom and dad come, and number two, I'm safe in my room. So we'll talk about that more in the future. It's important to understand that when they don't feel well, they need their parents to calm them. When they're scared or troubled in any way, they can't regulate their own feelings. So you're it. They'll learn this over time. And sometime around preschool age or older, they'll start to be able to calm themselves. They're learning how to regulate from the very beginning. Um, so for now, figure out what way calms them, what you do that calms them and do that for them and teach them that they're okay when you're not there in the room. Number seven, ask for help. So unfortunately, at a very young age, children start this habit, this really silly relationship of being on their worst behavior for mom. <laughs> I didn't notice that this happened until my kids were in school because everyone thought they were perfect. And I was looking at them going, no, they're not. They're kids. But at home, I get to see the worst side of them. And it's exhausting when you have five kids when they do that. So I know this very well. And moms tell me all the time how frustrating it is that kids will respond well to dad and not to them and to their partner, to grandma to everybody else. <laughs> they can wake up every half an hour for you and go to someone else's house and sleep through the night. I see this a lot. There is a very complicated relationship between mother and child. Your child's in tune to you, relies on you for that emotional regulation. And when they're going through something really hard, they're not going to hide that. Why would they? They just feel safe with you. And so Maybe when they go somewhere else, they're just not asking for help. They're not seeking that comfort because they don't think they can find it. And they they just maybe kind of vary it a little bit. Or maybe they get a break and they have a miracle on those nights and they feel better. <laughs> but the, the point is when they're with you, they're just more difficult and it's harder to change their habits. So take advantage of that relationship if it's there. Some babies will not let their dads even come near them when they're tired or not feeling well. But if you have a child who will let dad or your partner or somebody else get involved, take advantage. Have them work on the sleep habits. Have them introduce the crib. They just give in because dads are kind of like the force. <laughs> They're the firm person who doesn't put up with anything and the child knows it. And then so they just act differently. If you want to try and get someone else to be able to put your child to sleep and your child is very resistant to that, the best way to do that is just to have that person be part of the routine, which might be just observing it first and then taking over small responsibilities. But please work on your timing. <laughs> and remember that this rule also gives you breaks so that you can take care of yourself. So it's important. Number eight, celebrate and track all of your successful moments. It's so motivating to do this. Write them down, share them with people, announce them in the Successful Sleep Facebook group. Post them on social media. Be proud of yourself and your child for your progress. It will give you confidence, momentum, strength, and hope. 
the more positive energy you send out, the better you'll feel and the more your child will progress. So this is a good one. Number nine, be good to yourself. We talked about it already. I'm going to go through the list. Celebrate what you're doing well. Celebrate your growth, the way you love your child, the good things you do. Use affirmations. Take breaks when you need to. And be proud of your mom's skills and your intuition. So let's talk about those breaks because we didn't talk about them yet. The one way to take breaks um, that I think helps the most, especially during leaps and teething, is to not tackle every single nap the same way and the perfect way. I work with people all over the world and some people use a stroller for their naps every single day. That's a routine and that's how their kid sleeps. It's not broken. You don't have to fix it if it works. Um, but you can at least do that as a break, right? So if your child will sleep in a stroller or a pram, go for it, or in a sling, a carrier. If your child needs to fall asleep in the car so that you don't go out of your mind, go for it. You need breaks too. During a leap or teething, I tell my clients to do this like once a day if there's lots of naps. So don't stress about it. Like I said, there's ways to be flexible. If you're consistent most of the time, then this is going to be okay. You might do it the same nap every day or you might do it every other day, okay? Just be good to yourself and don't expect perfection. Be kind to yourself when you don't do things as well as you want to and be kind to your child in your heart too because they're not trying to torture you or punish you. Um, even though consistency is important, things are not going to fall apart when you occasionally slip up. We just talked about how they're not going to fall apart when you take a cheat, but it's the same thing when you slip up. When things go wrong, it's probably something developmental. It's probably something that's just circumstantial with your child. Um, inconsistency can happen when you respond to your child's needs. It's okay. So my last one, are you ready for this? Did I go in the right order? Wow. <laughs> um, my last tip is not something to be taken lightly. I really want you to consider this, okay? If this process of building sleep habits is not going well, it's taking too long, or you're not finding the answers that work before you fall apart or lose hope, find an expert and pay for accountability and advice and guidance. Having a knowledgeable expert like me in your corner is priceless and it will help you reach your goals more effectively. You are worth the investment. I have an online program that is over the top full of helpful information with a step-by-step -step process that spells out just what to do one thing at a time. My tools are very effective and you'll love learning how to use one or many, whatever you need, my non-crying methods, which I have six of. They meet your child's specific needs. They allow you to comfort your child. They show children how to fall asleep, which is a huge missing link. You know, that's why we do some of these things where we have to give them so much support. It's so hard to go from sleeping in your arms and falling asleep that way to, or feeding, to just being laid in a crib. Now what? I've actually heard of toddlers who cry out of frustration or they just can't sleep and they're restless because they don't know how to do it. So this is not something I made up, I promise. It's a big deal. So my online course is awesome and so many more of the things that you've heard today are there besides my methods and my tools. And I have a membership site that is generous in support and guidance and tools as well. You'll find information about these services at sweetslumbertime.com. And 
you can join my sleep group, Successful Sleep. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Slumber Time and my website, like I said, sweetslumbertime.com. And just know that I'm here for you, okay? I love helping moms. I love seeing transformations. I love changing lives. I love giving back restfulness, predictability, smoothness, peace, and helping moms feel great about what they do because this is the most important job out there and it's the toughest job out there. <laughs> and some of you have more than one job. So that's just insane, isn't it? What we can do is awesome. So thank you so much for spending time with me today. I want you to know that in a couple of weeks, I'm hoping to release another podcast episode instead of making you wait a whole month. I'm super excited about that. So be watchful, share my podcast with other people, please help it grow and help us do good for other people. Have a great week. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. Thank you for listening to the Sweet Slumber Podcast. The good, the bad, and the sleep deprived. If you enjoyed the show today, please take a moment to write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe so you won't miss future episodes. This will also help more mothers find my show. Thanks for listening.